Good evening. Good to see each one here tonight. Let's stand together if you would. Let's turn to page 292. Page 292. We're going to sing all four verses. Oh, happy day. If you're saved tonight, say amen. All right, let's sing about it tonight. It's a happy day. Let's sing about it. All four verses, page 292. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice. My Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice and tell its raptures all abroad. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Oh, happy bond that seals my vows to him who merits all my love. Let cheerful anthems fill this house while to that sacred shrine I move. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Tis done the great, transaction's done. I am my Lord's and he is mine. He drew me and I followed on, time to confess the voice divine. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Now rest my long, divided heart, fixed on this blissful center rest. Nor ever from my Lord depart, of him who's every good possessed. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. Great start tonight. It is good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen, and uh, sure thankful it is as cool as it is uh, with no insulation on this building, and it's about 105 outside, and so I'll take 75, amen, and uh, thankful uh, for that. I think it's about 95 up here, though, uh, but uh, anyways, we, we can be rejoicing. Uh, we're saved tonight. If you're saved, we can rejoice, and we can praise God. We get together together in the, in the, in the uh, uh, Lord's house tonight. So let's pray tonight. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Chuck Bellis if you would pray for us tonight, brother. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? <clears throat> Just have a few announcements I wanted to uh, mention uh, tonight. Uh, of course, the ladies' uh, meeting had uh, went off uh, last night, 
and uh, thankful there were no sirens or anything like that, amen, and uh, they had a good time uh, in the Lord. Uh, if you do have uh, kids in Faith Baptist School, don't forget about the parent uh, orientation, and that is tomorrow night uh, at 6.30. That'll be over in the fellowship hall. I'll be meeting in the teen room uh, for that. And uh, so again, uh, make sure you're aware of that. Again, 6.30 uh, in the evening tomorrow night. And then, of course, this coming uh, Sunday, uh, Brother Dave Hardy will be here uh, with us, and he will be preaching in the evening service. I'll be preaching in the morning service. And then following the evening service, there'll be a linger longer uh, over in the fellowship hall. Again, keep in mind our kitchen uh, has not been completed there, and so just be aware uh, of that. Uh, then, of course, next uh, Wednesday night, August the 30th, Brother Eric Watson uh, will be preaching. We'll actually be flying out on the 28th, and so we will be out of country uh, then. And so then uh, Brother Eric Watson will be preaching next Wednesday night. And then September the 30th, Brother Alan Cotton will be preaching. And then September the 6th, uh, which is another Wednesday night, Brother Eric Watson. And then September the 10th. Uh, Brother Jeff Copes will be preaching Sunday, uh, the morning and the evening service. And then September the 13th, Brother Eric Watson uh, will be preaching. So hopefully he's going to continue the series on in the Psalms. I know it will be a blessing uh, to you. And then, of course, September the 20th, he will also be preaching as we'll be coming back from Italy. And then, and then I'll be going uh, to the GIBF meeting there at Riverside Baptist Church in St. Joseph, Missouri, and preaching in that, I told Brother Bill Marshall half my message may be in Italian, and he said you have to make you have to bring lasagna if you do that. All right. Uh, so, but anyways, I also wanted to mention uh, this: uh, September the twenty-second and twenty-third is the Baptist Men's Recharge, and so again, if any of our men would like to go to that, there's a sign-up sheet out there in the outer uh, foyer. Uh, you can stay in the bunk; it's only seventy dollars. If you want to stay in a hotel room, it's a hundred and thirty. And so make sure that uh, you, if you do want to stay in a hotel, you write hotel uh, next to your name, and we'll get you paired up uh, with somebody. But again, you do need to sign up by September uh, the 3rd. That way we can turn our registration in as well as book the hotel rooms and things uh, like that. And then, of course, I, I don't know if Eric mentioned this or not, uh, Sunday night uh, with uh, Brother uh, Switzer, but uh, we are going to start in September. I believe it's the second week in September uh, we are going to start fasting and praying for the fall revival that's coming up October the 8th uh, through the t 13th. So I realize it's out there on our sign a little bit early, but the reason for that is because actually in about three or four weeks, we're going to be, actually I think it's about three weeks, we're going to start fasting and praying. Now I did meet with the deacons to clarify this, but if you are out of country, that you don't have to participate. So, no. Uh, actually, it is the first week will be uh, that September the 10th through the 16th will be your choice. And so I'll probably participate in that anyways, amen, because usually my choice is, is like my phone or something like that. And so anyways, I don't want to answer that thing while I'm in Italy, right? And uh, so, uh, but anyways, that's uh, coming up. So just be aware of those uh, things and don't, and men, don't forget about the men's uh, recharge if you would like to go uh, to that. Okay, if you have your prayer list tonight, let's go ahead and get those out just very, very quickly. And uh, certainly if you have a prayer request or an update or anything like that, we'll certainly take those at this time. I did just want to mention a couple uh, tonight uh, that we need to add onto our prayer list. If you would pray for Brother Gary Clark, uh, I talked to him Sunday. He's actually traveling 
And so I appreciate Brother Clark and his faithfulness. He is in every service uh, and uh, just as faithful even on Wednesday night. And so if, uh, he's certainly not in his place tonight and is missed, but he is traveling and will be out of town. Uh, he, he mentioned tonight as well as uh, Sunday, and so pray for him. Thankful he's spending some, a lot of good quality time with his, with his family. Amen. And so pray for him, though. Also, if you would, pray for Miss Jerry Crawford. Uh, we've certainly been praying for her and Brother Randy. I know they would appreciate uh, that as he's dealing with MS, and then she is dealing with uh, multiple uh, health issues and things like that. They did get the MRI done, and so if you would pray for her for the test uh, results uh, to come back. And uh, just trying to meet with a neurologist and things like that has turned out to be very hectic uh, this uh, this time of life, and so just pray for that. And then also, if you would, add on our prayer list Miss Marilyn uh, Carr, and um, uh, had a uh, wreck, uh, bike wreck yesterday, and so she's got to have, uh, she broke her uh, wrist and going to have to have wrist surgery tomorrow morning, and so if you would, pray for her, and certainly pray for her, because she's going to be under the care of Brother Donnie, amen, and so pray, pray for her, but uh, thankful she's doing okay, but uh, banged up a little bit, and so pray for that. All right, anybody else have a prayer request or an update or anything like that tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? So, All right, Miss Melanie. Okay. Okay. Okay, all right, so let's add on there Miss Connie Hall uh, for health issues and in the hospital. So. Okay, anybody else tonight? All right, man, it's a quiet bunch tonight. It takes a hundred and something degrees to quieten us down a little bit, amen. So let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. And um, I know there's maybe not a lot of requests tonight and things like that, but that doesn't mean we don't have anything to pray for, amen. We've got... A lot of things on our prayer list, and a lot of people, and a lot of needs, and not just health needs, but, but spiritual needs. Some people need a house, amen, Brother John, and uh, so just continue to pray for uh, that, and uh, certainly these folks that uh, we are praying for that need to be saved as well. Brother Don Katanik, would you pray for us tonight, brother?
Amen. Very good. Would you stand with me one last time? Let's turn to page 567. Page number 567. We'll sing all three verses tonight. Song till the storm passes by. Page 567. Let's sing it out together on that first verse. In the dark of the midnight Have I oft hid my face while the storms howl above me and there's no hiding place mid the crash of the thunder precious lord hear my cry keep me safe till the storm passes by till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispers, there is no need to try. For there's no end of sorrow, there's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the skies. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. When the long night is ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore in that land where the tempest never comes. Lord, may I dwell with thee when the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me 
saved till the storm passes by. Amen. Great singing tonight. Praise the Lord. Please remain standing. Go and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. or uh, which is basically is how the church governs itself, how uh, it carries out it, its business and things like that. And so Paul is writing these young men that he has trained for the ministry and uh, all of his writing helps us and we benefit from that today. So last week we started and we begin to see in verse number 3 of chapter number 1 that Paul had left Timothy at Ephesus, all right, that is the church at Ephesus, and the reason he is there is to establish sound doctrine, all right, and that is from verse number 10 there where he says, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, sound means health, all right, so sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, and healthy doctrine leads to both healthy believers and healthy churches. You want to know what is the matter with America today? Here's what's the matter with America today. People don't know what they believe and why they believe it. And the reason is because churches today are more focused on entertaining men rather than giving sound doctrine from the Word of God. All right? So, so that's, that's the issue, I'm telling you. But, but I want us to pick up tonight because we're going to see something else tonight uh, in regards to this. So I want you to notice this. In verse number 10, he ends with this, what, what, any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. And then notice, in verse number 11, he says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. All right, right? Paul is an apostle called by Jesus Christ, given the gospel. Now, now watch this. So, considering this gospel, he says in verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus... Our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith in love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. Now watch this, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory. Forever and ever. Amen. So here's what I believe he's saying right here. Timothy, 
I want you to go to Ephesus and I want you to stand against all of this fables and endless genealogies and all of this vain jangling and all of this stuff because that kind of stuff, people will move away from Jesus Christ. Timothy, I want you to go there and establish sound doctrine. And as you do, here's what I want you to do. You need to give them the foundation first. You need to give them the foundation of sound doctrine. Here's the, here's the foundation, Timothy. Christ Jesus came into, into the world to save sinners. That's the foundation. And, and so you understand, listen, just as the church at Ephesus, just as they needed sound doctrine and they needed a foundation, we need a foundation tonight too. And let me tell you something. If it's not the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not a foundation. And it's going to be one that is shaky, and that will cause people to move away from the things of Jesus Christ. Glad we got a good foundation tonight. And let me help you with this tonight. That's where it needs to stay. It's what we need to stay on. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated tonight? Appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. I think probably most people would understand this, but any time you consider the structure of a building, the most important part of that structure is the foundation. You you understand that? If the foundation is faulty, then no matter how how well the rest of the structure is built, it all stands at a risk to crumble. The foundation. I, I, uh, I, I, I couldn't help but to think of our missions house when you talk about foundation. Um, because when I, when I uh, became the pastor here back in uh, 2018, I, I can remember going over and looking at that house and seeing that it was all gutted. And, 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 and of course, you, you know, everything, uh, you know, people telling me about the foundation. And you could walk around and you could see where the foundation had, had moved and, and had shifted. And because of that, the walls had had moved and, and, and shifted and all of those things. And, and so, li- listen, here's, here's what happened. As we began to, you know, to progress on that missions house over there, we didn't, we didn't go in and, and start, you know, uh, taking all the junk out and, 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 and re- you know, laying out the walls and where we wanted it. No, the first thing we began to deal with was the foundation. Because if you didn't, you didn't uh, fix that foundation, man, you could do... You could go in there and do whatever you wanted to do, but you, you understand, it's not going to be stable. It's going to move as the foundation continues to move. And so, you know, sure enough, we had a company come out and look at it and said, yep, your foundation is faulty. Put 15 pillars all through that foundation, stabilizing it. I, I can remember uh, when Brother Glazeman came and uh, him and Miss Esther. And guess what? The first thing Brother Glazeman did, he went, he went right down into the crawl space and started looking at the foundation. Calls me up and says, hey, brother, we got a problem. We're going to have to just bulldoze the house and tear out and redo this foundation. You're stressing me out. And come to find out it wasn't quite that dramatic, but thankfully, and, and praise God for that. But I, listen, you, you understand, it's, it's the same. I, here's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that just as a physical foundation is key to a structure, so too is a spiritual foundation. You understand, that's why, that's why the Lord Jesus, when He is, when he is completing the, the, what I would call the, the greatest sermon and message ever done on the Sermon on the Mount, it's why He, he concludes it 
the way that he does. Go, hold your place there in 1 Timothy and go with me to Matthew chapter 7. I, I want you to see this in what, in what Jesus says. He says this. In Matthew, in Matthew 7, in verses 24 through 27, look, look at what he says. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount that starts in chapter number 5, goes all the way through to chapter number 7. It is the greatest discipleship message ever given. But here's what he says. He says in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now that's foundation. You understand? And he says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was, now watch this, it was founded upon a rock. Foundation. But then he goes on and says, And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now you understand, what he's trying to get across is this, is that the foundation determined the lasting of the structure. It determined that. So therefore, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is exactly what Paul was trying to get across to Timothy as he goes to the church at Ephesus. you got to understand this. If we're going to be a healthy church and we're going to be healthy believers who stay faithful to Jesus Christ and we withstand the storms of life and the false doctrinal winds that blow this way and that, then I'm telling you, my friend, we have got to be built upon the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. We've got to be built upon Him and His gospel. In fact, that's exactly what Paul was trying to tell the church at Corinth who was struggling in carnality and those kind of things. And he said this in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. He said, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation, listen to this, can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, Jesus said it like this, we need a foundation, and Paul's saying like this, there is no other foundation but Jesus Christ and His gospel. That's what he's saying, friend. You understand? It's the foundation, Jesus Christ, in His gospel, it is the foundation to sound doctrine. And this is also what Paul is trying to get across to Timothy as he now has the responsibility to establish sound doctrine at the church at Ephesus. It's as if Paul is saying, it's as if Paul is saying this, Timothy, as I leave you there at Ephesus, your first responsibility is this, go down in the crawl space and check the foundation. Make sure it's right. Make sure it's stable. And if it's not, then get it fixed. Well, why? Because if that's not right, then nothing else is going to be right. Nothing else is going to be right. I want you to notice verse number 15. I, I really, I, I didn't say this necessarily in the introduction, but I think it kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? That, that we would say it like this. This has to be the key verse here. I mean, you understand, when he says, when, when he says, uh, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That, that's a conclusive uh, thought right there from everything that he has been going through here. But, but I want you to also notice how it begins. Because he says this, he says, 
This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. And, and so th- this opening phrase is, is, is basically the idea of saying this. What I am about to say to you, Timothy, is foundational. It, it is a foundational truth. Well, watch this. It is directly from Jesus Christ. Well, that, that would be correct according to verse number 1 because Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So, so we would understand that this is coming directly from the Savior and, and Paul being an, an apostle according to that commandment. And so what he's saying is this. This is foundational. This is foundational truth, Timothy. And here's what it is. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It is this simple truth of the gospel that is foundational to us as a body of believers, meaning a church. But but I also want to say this, it is also important as individual believers. If we move, listen to this, if we move from this truth right here, then we are setting ourselves up both for failure in this life and in the one to come. Because, friend, if Jesus Christ isn't your Savior, you're going to stand before Him and you're going to, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue will confess, but then He will say to you, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And it's going to cost you all of eternity. I'm just telling you that tonight. So we've got to make sure that we have this foundational truth in our personal lives. But may I also say this, as a church body, we better, we better stay standing right here on this one too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all of that in mind, let me give you some things tonight about, about the gospel and this, this foundation to sound doctrine here. So let's look here. Let's, let's just kind of dive in here to verse number 15 a little bit closer here. And I want you to notice, number one tonight, I want you to notice the plan of the gospel. Look at what he says. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And now... now now again, let me, just, let me just say this tonight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time right here because I, I, I think that we are probably, most all of us are aware of these truths in here tonight. But at the same time, I want to say this. J- just as Paul and Timothy were also aware of them, because of the nature of the subject, the gospel, its foundational purpose and all of that, Paul did reiterate this to Timothy. And so I do think it is worth us hearing it again tonight. So when Paul says in verse 15 that this is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, he is immediately, he is immediately reiterating two clear principles to young Timothy that are foundational to the plan of the gospel of Jesus Christ as it pertains unto men. So let me give you these two things tonight, all right? So remember, he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So here's the first thing that I drew from that. It is only through Jesus Christ alone that a man can be saved. Foundational truth that we believe tonight as Faith Baptist Church. And and, and we understand that, the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus Christ, it, it is that Jesus Christ died and was buried according to the Scriptures, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and His resurrection validated that He is the true Messiah, the Son of God, 
and that He has the authority to redeem those that come to Him by faith. Come on, it's resurrection. Is anybody getting this? Come on, that's incredibly important. And, we, and certainly Paul would acknowledge that in 1 Corinthians 15, but you understand, it acknowledges that His blood that was shed, that is sufficient enough to cleanse us of our sin and to save us, uh, and meaning rescue us from an eternity in hell. Come on, friend. These, these are foundational truths that every church member tonight ought to be nodding their heads, smiling, saying amen, even if you are fanning, amen. I get it. I get it. It's warm. Hey, listen, you walk from there to here, and it's about 15 degrees to change. You can feel it, but I'm telling you, this is still foundational. And in fact, Paul, Paul is going to reiterate this. This is so important that Paul reiterates this in chapter number 2. In verse number 3, he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Again, a, a, a similar language. And he says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Come on, friend, let's listen. Since, since we, we, again, we've got to clarify this. Since it was Christ that died for the sins of all of mankind, and it was Christ that rose from the dead, it is Christ who ever liveth to maketh intercession for us. He is the only one who can save us and give us eternal life. There are no other mediators between us and God. Not Mary. Not, not the Pope. Not, not, not Joseph Smith and the Mormons. Not, not, not Muhammad and the Muslims. I, I'm just listening. Not, the list could go down. Not Buddha and the Hindus. The list could go down of prominent religious men who are worshipped and glorified today, or women, or saints, or whatever, and they are glorified as mediators amongst the majority of religion. But I'm telling you, my friend, there is only one who died for your sin, who was buried and rose again, thus bearing, thus bearing the authority to grant you eternal life. And His name is Jesus Christ. And be a fact, he would, he would make that very clear when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, come on, he's making that very, very clear. And be a fact, as his apostles, as he would ascend back to the right hand of the Father after 40 days and 40 nights, his apostles would preach that very same message when they would say in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. My friend, if you don't come to Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved and have your sins forgiven and receive eternal life. You'll bust the gates of hell wide open without Him. That's the simple truth of the matter. But here's the other thing, all right? So now that we've got that clear, let's also be clear about this. It is only through faith that man can receive Jesus Christ. Look at what he says in verse 15. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to, and what's that word right there? Save, deliver, save, rescue. Um, so if it were by works, then couldn't we just do it ourselves?
And then there really wasn't a need for him to come and die for our sin. You see the logic here? So, so you understand? No, no, no. I, he, he, so you under, you, listen, he could have he just said, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you, you need to get baptized or you need to join a church or you need to do a confession or, or, or whatever religion throws at us in our day and time. But that's not what he did. He came and he died and he rose again, thus doing the redemptive work that man needed for his sin. Therefore, there is no other work that needs to be done. All you and I have to do is come simply to Jesus Christ by faith to humble ourselves, to recognize we're the sinners and we're the ones that need to be saved. And we come to Him by faith believing that His work on the cross was sufficient enough to save. And oh, my soul, friend, you want to talk about, listen, there is a correlation of a whole host of Scriptures I could be here all night talking about that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever is baptized in Him, it's not what it says, does it? Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is anybody getting this tonight? It's to believe in Him. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Friend, the difference is believing. The difference is faith in Him. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm going to tell you something, friend. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be all sitting around going, what would you do to get here? What would you do to get here? What would you do to get here? Well, you know, I did this to get here, and I gave this much, and I've done this, and I was a member of this church, and I've done that. No, we're all going to be sitting around and praising the one who got us there. That's what we're going to be doing. Ain't nobody going to be bragging about anything. We're going to be praising and glorifying Him. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That's faith. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You understand, listen, I could sit here all night and do these things. But again, you, you, listen, I, I, and I realize that we are very acquainted with these tonight. And, and by the way, we should be. Come on, we, we should be. They will be continually preached from this pulpit. You can mark that one down. Somebody sitting here tonight going, well, will you quote that Romans 10, 9, and 10 every time? Yep, probably going to. Just might as well get over it. I think it's, listen, it's one of the best passages on appropriating or putting the gospel into your life in the Bible. So yeah, you mark it down, I'm going to probably quote it every time. But you know what? This was something that I remember when I got saved in. And, and then surrender to preach. And my pastor, every time you preach, you preach the gospel. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday night. Do you know this? I've seen people get saved on Wednesday night. Amen. Well, you know, it's just a Wednesday night crowd coming out. It's 105 degrees out and 85 in the church house. You're preaching the gospel. Yeah. And we're going to. And I remember seeing all these boys down. We had through the summer and working with them. And going through and I said, you got the gospel in there? You better preach the gospel. Work it in there. It'll work. I'm just telling you, friend. And, and so you understand, I, and, and praise God. And, and, but here's the thing. Though we may hear them frequently, and we will, we also got to understand that in the realm of Christendom, listen to this, we're in the minority. Because we still believe the Bible. And we still believe what Jesus said. 
And that's the authority. I'm, who are we to rewrite what Jesus said? Or to change what Jesus said? Or to come up with something else other than what Jesus said? He's the one that died for me, and he's the one that rose again. You better believe it. He's the one I'm going to answer to when this life is over. So, yeah, I want to do what he said. And here's what he said. It's by faith. I don't know. That just seems to be common sense to me, but maybe that's our problem too. We're just missing common sense. So you understand, friend, it's faith. And it's not, by the way, it's not facts. It's faith. Repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here, now listen, let's move on here. Because here's the other thing. And, and really, this is why I wanted to just, I wanted to make that ever so clear. It's because it brings us to the second thing here that really, I believe, is foundational around this gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe, I believe it's this. It's the power of the gospel. Look, look at what he says in verse 12 again. He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious and I obtained mercy uh, because I did it uh, ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of, of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into, into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Um, I mentioned this a moment ago, but let me just bring this to your mind again. Verse 15 is really a conclusive statement. And the reason I say that is because Paul is summarizing his testimony, and, 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 and as he does, and as he concludes it, he gives this statement to demonstrate the power of the gospel. It changed his life. And he's using his own testimony to demonstrate that. Do you not see that? Look at verse number 13. Look at what he says. This was his past life. He says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. So, so you understand, he was a blasphemer. Do you, do you realize what that means? That means this, that he blasphemed the Lord Jesus Christ. That means this. Now, come on now. As, as Saul... And a, and a Pharisee and a Jew, that means this, that he rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah and accused him of being a fake and a fraud. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And then not only that, but he was a, he was a persecutor, and many of us know this, that he persecuted the Lord's churches as a result of his own unbelief in Jesus Christ. He testified, listen to this, he testifies in the book of Acts that, that, he would, that he would throw people in jail for their faith in Christ. And then he would, also, he would also, when they would go to the religious courts of the Jews, he would, he would go against them and testify against them so that they would be killed for their faith. That's what Paul did. In fact, here's what... Here's what the Bible says about, Paul, about Saul. It says this, Saul wreaked havoc among the churches. You, you understand that, that he persecuted it? You, you, you understand? I mean, listen, we, I don't even think we can grasp the reality of that. 
the fear of just gathering together to hear preaching like this and worrying about somebody coming through the door and arresting us or things like that and us scattering like cockroaches out here to flee for our lives. But the verse doesn't end there. He says, But I obtained mercy. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, listen, it, it gets gooder. Look at verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about the stuff that, that Saul did against those believers and having to deal with that kind of baggage of getting saved. But he says this, but the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. You, you understand? God gave him what he needed to let that go and let it be under the blood and to move forward in the glory of God. Is anybody getting this? Son, I'm telling you, you sit back tonight and have guilt over this and worry about that. You need to understand something. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is exceeding abundant. Don't let the devil sit there and continue to shower you with guilt on the past. Trust in the grace of God and move forward. If it was abundant unto Paul, it's abundant unto us. Man, what a blessing that is. But, but, but when you step back and you look at this overall, do you understand what Paul is trying to get across to Timothy as he is, as he is staying there in Ephesus and establishing sound doctrine? He's trying to show, them that, show him that the power of the gospel, it is foundational. It's foundational. If God, listen, if if, if anyone can be saved, and, and God can take anyone and change their life, if He can do it to the chiefest of sinners, <laughs> He can do it to anybody. That's what He's trying to lay out. Oh, come on, friend. That and please, listen. So, so here, you, you understand? Now, watch this. That, that, now, here's the idea. That needs to be foundational to us. Come on, now we've established some things here. Now watch this. This is all kind of rolling together here. All right, we've established, we've established that the gospel, it is only through Jesus Christ and is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? And now, now watch this. And now, now we're establishing that it's the power of the gospel that can change anybody's life. So, so here's the thing. Now watch this. So there's some things that we need to steer clear of tonight. As a church, something like, like here's one, easy believism. You know, this, this bunch that runs around and goes from door to door and gives a salesmanship tactic and says, hey, won't you repeat one, two, three after me, and you'll be fine after this. Yet there was no Holy Ghost conviction and no Holy Ghost conversion. There was no repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was simply uttering some uh, meaningless prayer. Now, now watch this, and here's why. Because the result of that is not a changed life. Really, the result is this. Oh, sure, they run around and get a spiritual notch in their little belt, so to speak, 
But all they've done for that person is make them a twofold child of the devil. That means this, they're still lost. This, the danger now is they think they're saved. But there hasn't been any repentance in their life. There hasn't been any change in their life. They're not turning away from sin and beginning to follow Christ in their life. They're missing out. They're missing out on, on the abundant, exceeding abundant grace of Jesus Christ in their life and what He can do because they haven't truly put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something tonight. We need to stay away from that. Come on, no, 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 no. We need to be going out door knocking, absolutely. And we need to be going out soul winning, and we need to be going out passing out tracts, and we need to be witnessing. Not saying any of those things. We definitely need to be doing all of those things, but we need to be doing it according to the gospel of the Word of God. But here's the other thing. We need to also be staying away from this Calvinistic stuff. This stuff that says, well, don't you understand that you know, God predestined some to heaven and some to hell. No, that's not what my Bible says. In fact, when you study the word predestined in the Scriptures, it has nothing to do with a, man, with a lost man. It has everything to do with a saved man. Because once you've been saved, you are now predestined to spend eternity with Jesus Christ because you've been made a child of God, and that never changes. But as far as salvation, friend, listen, it is whosoever shall call upon the Lord... Uh, can be saved or will be saved. You, you understand, if the chiefest of sinners can be saved, then anybody can be saved. And that's what, listen, that's what Paul's trying to get across to Timothy is this. Timothy, this is foundational. The church at Ephesus needs to grab a hold of this. The salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. And if they'll do it that way, and, and they'll put their faith and trust in Him, I'm telling you, that, that the grace of God will be abundant, exceeding abundant in their life, and, and He can change their life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we stop this, if we stop preaching these things, and teaching these things, and giving these things, listen to me, we're going to dry up and die. And that's what's happening to churches today. Is everybody getting this? That's exactly what's happening to churches today. That's why this is foundational. It's repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus. It drives me nuts, these people running around going, oh, repentance doesn't have, it's repentance that doesn't have anything to do in the, with salvation. And I'm thinking, have you not read your Bible? You're an idiot. I appreciate what Brother Gray said. He said this, he said, he said repentance and faith are the two tracks on the railroad. Brother Bellis might remember that one. I like it like this. Faith and repentance are both sides of the coin of salvation. You can't have one. You've got to have both of them. Listen, if, it, if there's no repentance, then you just accepted the facts. Well, the devil and his angels believe there is a God, and they tremble. But we worry about being entertained. And that's what churches are doing today. Giving them facts and then entertaining them. Why don't you preach the gospel and tell people they're wicked sinners and going to die and bust the gates of hell wide open. But praise God, here's the good news. Jesus Christ died for you so that you don't have to spend eternity there. You can put your faith and trust in Him and be saved and forgiven of your sins. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Mercy. It's hot. But I'm not complaining because in about six months we're going to be complaining how cold it is. 
But I didn't even want to take the top off the Jeep. It's so hot. That's sad, isn't it? That's so sad. Now let me give you the last thing and I'm through. Look at verse 16. He says, this, he, he says, how be it for this cause? I obtained mercy. So this speaks of the purpose of the gospel, doesn't it? For this cause, right? So you have, you have the plan of the gospel right there. You, you've got the power of the gospel to change Paul's life. And now you've got the purpose of the gospel. And here's what he says. He says, he says I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering, watch this, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. You know, you want to know, you want to know what the purpose of the gospel is? You want to know why Christ came into the world? To save people like you and me and His power can change our life. You want to know why? So you can be a pattern to somebody else. You understand what a pattern is? My wife used to make dresses for our girls when they were little. And she cut out a pattern. And then she'd make all these different kind of dresses, but it'd be based on that one pattern. It was just... Is anybody getting this? You know what Paul's saying right here? Paul's saying this. This is why I got saved. This is why... Listen, this is why even though I did what I did, the grace of God was so abundant, exceeding abundant in my life, that, can you believe this? God even called me into the ministry and made me an apostle in verse 12. And he said, and here's why. Here's why I obtained mercy. This is why. So that I could be a pattern to them that come after me to demonstrate to them that the power of the gospel, it is real. And just as it changed my life, if they'll have repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they'll come to Him... And, and I'm telling you, just as He changed my life, He can change their life. You listen, you listen to this? I, I, well, preacher, it's 2023, and I just don't... No, no, it can still change life. Sure changed mine. I'm telling you, I was a blasphemer. I was wicked, and I got saved. And God changed my life. I'm just telling you, it still works. But it's got to be repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's, this is the kind of stuff that bothers me, is that when you have people that, you know, are members or whatever of Faith Baptist Church, and they pop in and they pop out and they pop in every now and then, and they pop out, and nothing ever changes, and they're still living in carnality and wickedness and all of these things. Listen, there's something wrong there. And maybe it is that they don't have a foundation. Just telling you. Might be something to think about. But, but you understand, now watch this. He's going to Ephesus, to the church at Ephesus, to give them this foundational doctrine of the gospel. And, and it's planned that it's by, by faith in Christ. Now watch this. And it's power that it can change your life. Now watch this. But here's the other thing. It's also to be a pattern. And I'm telling you, if we move away from that as a church and we turn inwardly and we argue over silly things like 
the color of the carpet, or how much toilet paper costs. I've literally talked to preachers that have had those discussions in business meetings with their people. And I'm thinking, who cares? We need it. We'll go buy it. I'm not saying we shouldn't be a good steward of God's money. I'm not saying that at all. I think you know my heart tonight. I think we ought to be very good stewards. I think we ought to report and hold hold ourselves accountable. All of those things. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that this is the common thread through a lot of churches today is that they are inwardly focused and they're arguing over things that ain't going to make a hill of beans in eternity. When we need to realize that our purpose is not to sit here and be focused inwardly and criticizing and arguing and backbiting and busybodying and everything else under the sun, when we need to be focused outwardly and be in a pattern. Everybody getting this? In fact, individually, that'll preach. Come on. You're here. Listen, you're here. You're not here to sit in a pew. Till Jesus comes. No, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight. And I want you should be here tonight. But you're not just here to be here. You're in here tonight so that you can learn sound doctrine and you can go out there and be a pattern to your coworker, your neighbor, your family. Is anybody getting this? Telling you. But what you find today is that God's people are so caught up with money and material gain and all this, and it's temporal and it's fleeting. And folks, I'm telling you. This is foundational. This is so foundational. And it's easy to sit back as Faith Baptist Church and go, yeah, corporately, we need to be doing that. But what are we doing individually? Because if we're going to be corporately doing it, then that means individually we've got to be engaged in this. Doesn't it? Because the church is not the building. And the church is not the property. And the church is not whatever. It's definitely not the parking lot. Though I can relate, I'm a little banged up. Church is you. It's me. And it's foundational that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. That the gospel is powerful enough to change our life. And He does it. Listen, He does it so that we can go out and show others and tell others what God done for me, He can do for you foundational foundation if it's not foundational with you you got some problems you got some problems let's all stand